Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's some like certain point where I, I just wonder whether Ron Rivera is going to snap at a press conference or an interview, like really just get angry if this does continue to get worse and they're like two and nine and people are asking about the quarterback and the defense and the same thing. And he's like, I, I, got, I got nothing else for you. That, that'd be a scary dude angry. I'll just say that. Seen enough of that over the years. Nick Cashew uh, on overtime. I'm at Nick Cashew on Twitter. My buddy Pete Haley joins me of NBC Sports Washington at Pete Haley NBCS on Twitter. And before we get to the quarterback situation, because I'm sure you haven't talked about that at all today or written anything about that, Pete, and what's going on with Washington there. Uh, Dustin Hopkins just signed with the Chargers, so I assume, Pete, that Dustin Hopkins will never miss another field goal again now that he's left Washington, right? Yeah, I'd like to congratulate Dustin on his Super Bowl MVP award for when he drains the game-winning kick against the Buccaneers. That's going to be really exciting for him. And he'll join the likes of David Akers, Graham Gano, other kickers who have left this franchise and all of a sudden figured out that the point is to kick it between the yellow sticks and not around it, and he'll be a Hall of Famer. It's going to be really fun for him. It is funny that you say that, but they do kind of feel like a, uh, like a farm system for kickers in the NFL where they do go on to other places and then they become pro bowlers. Yeah. My, uh, my dad always – he tells a lot of stories, and he would tell me the story about this one uh, baseball player. I forget who. I forget what teams, but basically – he was bad in one organization. He was really good with the second, and then he was bad with the third but had a big creation contract. So he said the uh, the first team baked the cake, the second team ate the cake, and the third team paid for the cake. And looks like maybe Washington is the ones who are baking these kicker cakes. And, and then other teams are enjoying the icing and the delicious flavors, and uh, Washington's left to continue to search for kickers. Those are wise words from your dad, that's for sure, and it really certainly <laughs> does feel that way. Uh, uh, look, the, the quarterback situation is always going to be a, a polarizing topic until they figure this out, until they've been going on for 100 years where they've been trying to find that franchise guy and haven't. Uh, I mean, so let's just look at this. I guess it's a little bit more big picture because we understand that there's – Taylor Heineke is a guy that has overachieved at this point. Uh, let's, yes, like he was supposed to be out of the league, and look where we are now, but – if this continues the way that he's played, where the inconsistencies, he plays poorly against the Broncos, and again, we can play semantics and what poorly actually means, but is there a certain point, you think, where we could see Kyle Allen out on the field for Washington? It's something I've, I've kicked around, and I'm trying to see from Ron what he wants out of quarterback, and I think he is really being patient with Taylor, and he's being uh, optimistic and encouraging with his words, even maybe when it doesn't match up with what Taylor's done. He's looking the bright spots out of him and I think this team is willing to let him play a few more games now if he really goes out and costs them a game in Denver this weekend with a couple of interceptions maybe has a game like Haskins did in Cleveland last year where the team could have won but it's so obvious that the quarterback was the reason why then sure Kyle Allen after the bye week feels like a possibility but to me Heineke still has a more potential more of a higher ceiling with his way to scramble and I'm not sure for example, that throw he made to Ricky Seals-Jones in week two against the Giants where he put him in the back of the end zone. I don't know if Allen has the guts to try that throw and maybe the ability to wait and look around and find that throw. So um, I think Heineke has a little bit more leash here. But, again, he, he definitely needs to have a solid performance this weekend 
a win would do him a lot of good, and I think convince Ron and the coaches to give him some more time. Yeah, I mean, listen, this team's two and five at this point too, and the Cowboys are five and one. They're they're not winning this division this year, going seven and not well seven and ten, I guess at this point. It, it's just not the case. So if, for me, it almost feels like the rest of the way, this is going to become like the development season for certain positions, maybe in certain players that we should have had last year. Uh, but of course, now it's sort of the opposite world now that we're living in, and this is the case. Uh, but you, you know, when you bring up specifically that Ricky Seals Jones throw in the back of the end zone. That's the, the It's almost an annoying thing with Taylor Heineke, right? You, you see these throws and you see moments, you see these plays, and you go, that's it. That's what we're looking for right there. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio when he's pointing at the screen, the, 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 you know, the <laughs> gif that you just see everywhere. That, that's how I feel. I'm like, there it is. But then you, you just don't, you know, you don't see it enough. And I understand people like to say, well, it's almost like he's a rookie. Well, yeah, kind of, but he's really not. He's been around the NFL and been in organizations and the XFL, you know, since 2015. So... It's hard to give him the same leeway that you would say Justin Fields because you invested a first-round pick in a guy that you've looked at and said, like, this is going to be our future. Heineke's kind of gotten thrown into the mix in a position that maybe he wasn't really ready for. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when he makes mistakes, uh, this is kind of a a smaller play, but a couple weeks ago against the Chiefs, they had a third and two, and he threw a screen out left to Adam Humphreys, and before doing so, he executed a play fake with Gibson and the it took a while to develop and Humphreys got tackled for four yard loss and that became fourth and six and then Hopkins missed a field goal and be his last field goal with Washington. Ron said after like when Taylor gets more experience he'll learn not to execute the play fake. That's wasting time. He'll just throw it out to Humphreys and give him the best chance to gain yardage. So there are small things that Taylor still needs to learn through experience, but when it comes to why aren't there more Ricky Seals Jones touchdown type throws I, it's a basic answer, but I think that's what separates the great quarterbacks from the guys who are like Taylor Heineke. Like the great quarterbacks do that routinely. It's not mixed in with all these debilitating interceptions that he threw against the Saints and these wheel routes that he threw against the Packers that are getting picked off. Like it's, it's sure, I'm sure Taylor could get better with experience, but I also think a lot of it is the tools, and he doesn't have the tools to match up. So, however much experience he gets, it'll elevate him a little bit, but I do think he's capped off a bit, and that's just why. Your Leonardo DiCaprio sitting in your chair, pointing at the TV every once in a while instead of pointing at the TV after every throw because he's he's Taylor Heineke. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers or any of those guys, and that's fine. I think if Washington offered him, and this is a little hyperbolic, but a ten-year contract right now, I'd be happy because he has a role on this team. He's a tremendous backup, but I don't think there's much more beyond that. And us figuring that out, I guess, is somewhat useful this year. But you'd like to, uh, you know, have more telling solutions than all right, Heineke's a backup. That. that that's kind of a waste of a year if that's one of the bigger revelations you have. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that we're in this position, but uh, the reality of it is this is this is what they have to deal with. So, you know, Ron Rivera's on the junkies this morning, and, you know, you, it, it's not like it's the first time he's been asked the question, but, you know, franchise quarterback situation. I played the audio last segment, and, you know, he's, they're always looking. They always have these ideas. Oh, you know, doesn't mean we don't like actually not like people in the draft coming up this year. And, he, look, he's <laughs> going to say what he needs to say. What do you see this team doing, or what should they do? And I know those are two very different questions. So you can go either way with this. But in terms of the quarterback situation moving forward, the worst-case scenario to me, Pete, is them being in the exact same position with the exact same depth chart heading into next year. That would be pretty dreadful and pretty disappointing and uh, pretty damning as well. Uh, where should they go? I mean, obviously you would like them to draft a quarterback, have him hit. He's cheap. He's young. There's 15 years of greatness ahead of him, but this coaching staff will be going into its third year, and 
you know, will they have enough time to let a quarterback incubate and, and learn behind a veteran or take his lumps in year one and then come back in year two and show signs in year three? That quarterback's year three is all of a sudden this coaching staff's year five, and Dan Snyder doesn't really give out many year fives for coaching staff. So I think they're going to end up being in that veteran market, whether it's Matt Ryan, maybe they swing big for Russell Wilson or something like that, or Sean Watson's picture is clear and they can go in the direction in that way. But I just don't know if Rivera, with where this defense is, and look, I don't think the defense is that great anymore. I'd certainly taken a couple steps down in my mental uh, imaging, but with the defensive line, you still have guys on young contracts that sweating young. They're going to have to get paid soon. You got McLaurin who's going to have to be paid. Like I think this roster, a lot of the key contributors are going to be in a spot where it needs to happen now as opposed to letting them all grow. So I think the staff where I'm sitting right now is going to try and find a veteran and plug them in, and it's not maybe the best route. I think everybody knows the best route is to hit on the draft, but with where they are in their timeline, I don't know if they have time to wait a couple of years. I think they're going to be in win now next year, especially after regressing from a division title to whatever this year turns out to be. Yeah, I, I mean, you want to talk about the, the honeymoon being over for Ron Rivera this year. If they're in the same position next year, then it's going to be oh, – yeah. uh, people are going to freak out. And I feel bad for guys like you that have to cover the team and deal with it every single week, and that's all you're going to be talking <laughs> about is the same thing. How excited would you be to see Russell Wilson in this uniform, though? Woo. Oh, it'd, it'd be a, a gift from the gods, and oh. it'd be so much fun. And watching him connect with McLaurin, who I'm afraid is going to become Santana Moss 2.0, oh. a really good Washington player, but you're worried – or you're less thinking what could have been if he was in a really functional franchise with quarterbacks and receivers around him who are actually good instead of he's just making them look good. And uh, it, it helps the defense. Like Washington for years, it's everything has to go right. They have to win the time of possession. They have to be better in the turnover battle. They can't commit penalties. They have to get a lucky bounce here or there. And even when they do that, like against the Packers, they won the yardage battle by more than 100. They had time of possession for once, five minutes in their favor. They were able to score on their first drive, and they still lost by 14. When when you have a Russell Wilson or a quarterback like that, you don't have to be so perfect. It sometimes is as simple as keep it close in the fourth quarter and then give that guy the ball and let him win it for you. And Washington's never had that luxury, so it feels like they're wins. So many things have to go right. So at some point, they've got to find the guy where everything doesn't have to go right. As long as he's right, they will be winning. Talking to Pete Haley, Nick Ashew on NB or uh, Pete Haley of NBC Sports Washington. <laughs> oh, still almost slipped, man. It hasn't been that long, I yeah. guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We get this news that he's like you know weeks away. I mean, look, the guy's what thirty nine years old. He hurt his hip. Like he's not fifty hurting his hip, but you know, it, it aches and pains only get worse. Healing only gets harder the older you get. I think we all we all learn that. Are we going to see him back at all this year? And really, at this point. Is it even worth getting him back on the field for this team? It doesn't feel like it makes any sense to me anymore. Yeah, I don't think it does either. Um, I'm pessimistic about it happening at all with hearing that he's still on crutches and the MRI's not for a couple weeks. And that injury is, is really pretty serious. And, um, you know, maybe for a younger guy, he's able to come back in that six to eight week time frame that was initially reported. But it sounds like Fitz is having more trouble. And if it was, say, Taylor Heineke suffered that injury, sure. It'd be worth bringing him back because there are reps to be had and you can learn a bit about him. But with Fitz, we know the guy at this point, and I don't think there's any upside to throwing him out there for a team that's 4-7 and seven coming down the stretch. At that point, I'd rather see Heineke or even Kyle Allen, and I'm not particularly moved by Kyle Allen, but at least those guys are younger, and I don't think they have tremendous upside or potential, but that can help them reach closer to whatever their end game is. So to me, uh, unless this team somehow writes the ship, and it's 6-6, six 5-7, and, six, and, and there's something to play for. Sure, you can bring back Fitz and 
see if he can ignite some December uh, magic. But uh, no, other than that, let the guy heal up, and maybe he's the guy to be a, a veteran stopgap again next year with whatever young quarterback you have. Is that the route you go? But if not, then you try and sign a veteran, and, and Fitz can be your backup, or maybe he moves on too. So yeah, I'm I'm okay with not seeing number fourteen back there again this year. All right, let's look ahead to Denver on Sunday. Uh, this is the last game for Washington before the bye. I mean, you touched on it clearly. It's important to hit that bye week with a win. It'll make everybody certainly feel better, especially the quarterback. But, you know, let's just look at the team as a whole here. The Denver Broncos have lost four straight games after starting out 3-0. So they're as desperate as Washington is right now. What do you need to see from this Washington team to win, really, a very winnable game against the Broncos? Something that's really been tilting me and many other fans is this defense coming out on the first drive and rolling out a, a big, fluffy, nice red carpet for the offenses and letting them just walk in. Five of seven games have featured opposing offensive scoring touchdowns. The Falcons kicked a field goal and the Saints somehow threw an interception, but I guess that was James Winston doing that, so it should be that surprising. So I want to see them. This is a Teddy Bridgewater offense that I guess is getting Joey Judy back, but they're not exactly high-flying. They scored 14 points last week against the Browns. Teddy's a little banged up. Get a stop early. Get a three and out. Get a sack. Set them back and put yourself in good field position right away. And go out and start scoring right away. Don't let them hang around because like Washington is, Denver's wounded and they're they're hurting and they could use a win. And they're probably questioning a lot of things going on right now like Washington. So if Washington gain control early, make Denver have to play from behind, they start getting in a place where they're pressing and trying to end their losing streak, I think that's going to be really, really useful. So I think you know, whichever one of these struggling teams can get that early lead, I feel good about them being able to hold it. So I would love to see this defense for once suffocate an opposing offense, force a turnover like you did against New Orleans, or force a couple of early three and outs while your offense gets footing, and then have a lead and let this D-line go after Teddy Bridgewater and, and make him move around. So that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for. There are other things, of course, keeping the penalties down, being more disciplined. How does Heineke look not turning the ball over himself? But for me... That defense on Denver's opening drive is going to be very, very key and something I'm watching right away. Pete, I hope for yours and everyone else's sanity that covers this team, they win just so you can have a peaceful bye week yourself, too. Hmm. So appreciate you coming on, man. Good talking to you. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, uh, that thought. Keep us in your thoughts, and I uh, enjoy the rest of your show tonight. You are in my thoughts, Pete. There is no question about that. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, it's, it's only going to get worse. This team, look, if this team heads into a bye week looking terrible, against Denver it is just going to be hey look it's not like we haven't been there before right we've seen it uh, despite all we've talked about though all is not quite lost just yet for Washington I'll explain why next Nick Ashley won overtime hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nick Ashew on overtime. I just saw this tweet from Dan Graziano. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell says the Washington football team inquiry that the promise of anonymity to those who came forward is the reason not to make the report public. Nobody believes that. Mark Davis apparently was chased down by people asking him questions like paparazzi, and he said, I'm going to dinner, guys. As as this team turns, right? As the saga continues. I... You know, I think uh, if we look, though, ahead, you should still feel optimistic about this game in Denver. You should. And I know, Nick, after everything you've said, and uh, yeah, I'm, look, it's not like this has been a fun season, right? I'm a fan of this team, too. It's part of the reason why I still wanted to do, like, this show and the local stuff that I'm doing with Odyssey, because I, I care about the teams in this city. And you know, Denver's lost four straight games. They started off 3-0. They're struggling in a lot of the areas that Washington is right now. It's a very winnable game for them. And I know when you see a team that's 2-5, and five, you say, a winnable game? It's a dangerous thing to say. Washington is only a three-point underdog in Denver. Just three. As a 2-5 team going on the road, you're just a three-point underdog. That, that's, not a, that's not a lot of points. It's really not. And heading into the bye week can change a lot of momentum for this team. Now, Barring something catastrophic happening to the Cowboys, who are 5-1 and one right now, nobody else is winning this division. It's three 2-5 and five teams and Dallas at 5-1. Five and one. Fine. But if you were to get a win, let's just take it bit by bit here, small little bits. You're heading into the bye week, and you get a win in Denver. That can change a little bit of the momentum because that's a two-week conversation. We've seen this for years, right? How important it is because this team's usually been bad. How important it is to win a game before the bye week. Because then what you're doing is, that's two weeks of the conversation of the last stuff that's happened. That's the thing about the NFL. You play one game, you wait a week, sometimes a little less, and that's all the conversation is, is what happened in that game. It's the reality of it. You talk about it, we talk about it, that's what people care about. It makes the, it's the, it's the pros and cons to the NFL, right? That's how football is. It's an event every single week. But if the event doesn't go well... Ooh, then it's a little bit more difficult for fans to, to stomach it, for anybody to stomach it. Now, remember last year, you know, they beat Dallas 25-3 before they went into the bye. I, I get it. It's not a healthy Dallas team. So fair. But after that bye week then, they won five of the final nine. They made the playoffs. I don't think that was the right decision to push for the playoffs. I've made that very clear many times, but the reality of it is that's what happened. Now you have Brady and the Bucks after the bye, but you, you do have a chance to get healthier during this. Curtis Samuel, Brandon Sheriff, Logan Thomas, Sam Cosme, they've all, they've all missed time for this team. It is still an opportunity for Washington to at least slowly turn things around. I, I think the most important thing that you could have when this season's all said and done is momentum towards this team looking better and not completely dysfunctional. Because really the issue is, Look, this isn't a draft where you're looking to get the, a top three pick because of the quarterbacks. It's just nobody's that excited about any quarterback in this draft right now. So you don't need to think about that. Last year was the year to soak up the losses. It was all about last season. Year three is already going to be next year for Ron Rivera. Think about that. So the rebuild part of this, 
that's past it. You're, you're past just we're rebuilding. Because in the NFL, you can rebuild and you can come back and go be a worst of first team in a year or two. Look, look at the, the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Now, yes, they probably would have been a better team last year had Joe Burrow been healthy for the entire season. But if you can get it right at the quarterback position and you can start to put some other pieces around that, you can turn things around very quickly. This is one of the few leagues where when you say worst to first is a possibility, it really is a possibility. I'm all for stockpiling picks. I'm all for making sure you've got a lot of young talent and depth. But that only works if the majority of your roster is figured out. And right now, we have more questions than answers at a lot of positions that we didn't think were going to be question marks before. I mean, the defensive line is what it is. The next thing they have to obviously start thinking about is year after year, it's going to be contracts for certain guys. But, you know, I mean, is the secondary where you want it to be? We thought they'd be better with William Jackson. Clearly, that's not the case. I guarantee you Landon Collins is gone at the end of the season. But is Jamin Davis going to be a contributor on this defense? I'd like to see him just play more the rest of the year because you just got to give the guy experience at this point. You're 2-5. and five. But you're, you're kind of past that just whole... Well, we're rebuilding, we're stockpiling picks, we're taking time. You don't get that much time in the NFL, especially in this city with all the pressure that's on Ron Rivera right now. Uh, Look, whether it's fair or not, you win the division last year, you push for it, you don't temper those expectations until, what, last week? When you go, oh, maybe winning the division maybe wasn't the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah, it actually wasn't. You would have gotten away with a three-win season last year. Right? Would you have blamed Ron Rivera if that team won three games? You at least have the built-in excuse. It may have been frustrating. It may have been ugly. But at least you think, okay, this is our first year under this head coach. This is what it's going to be like. He's tearing everything down. He's gutting this house. And he's rebuilding from scratch. You don't get that in year three. And that's where we're going to be next year. And right now, there's really no one they've added in, in the draft, in free agency, for the most part. This past offseason, that's made a major consistent impact on this season. You pass up giving up assets to either trade for a quarterback in the offseason that may or may not have been available, or trading up in the draft and getting a franchise quarterback that if they were playing like Taylor Heineke, you'd feel much more comfortable because you'd say, well, he's 23 years old, not 28. A journeyman quarterback. That's not who those quarterbacks would have been. But you decided to hold on to your picks and draft Jamin Davis... And he's barely on the field. And this is where we stand now. So if I'm Washington and I'm looking at this offseason and I'm looking forward to what you need to do next, it's time to make a major splash. You want to see momentum as this season goes on. And look, the back end of this schedule is not, it's not daunting. It's not the gauntlet we had at the beginning. Because after the Broncos, you've got your bye week. Then Bucks and Tampa, or Brady, okay. Then you're at the Panthers. Sam Darnold may not even be their starting quarterback then. The Raiders come after the Seahawks. So you've got the Seahawks and Russell Wilson probably back, but might not be. We'll see if he's healthy enough. The Raiders have played well. But then you've got Cowboys-Eagles, Cowboys-Eagles, Giants. Like It's all divisional games at the end of the season. So you have a chance to at least make up ground, win some divisional games, and gain some momentum going into the offseason. I'd much rather see them have more momentum this offseason and then 
then you have to make a big splash. There's no more, let's just sit around, let's work, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, let's go out. Maybe Kyle Orton can come out of retirement, and we'll have him fill the spot for a year. And then, Because then guess what's going to happen? If you don't figure out quarterback now, or at least somebody that can hold down the position for you for, let's say, the next three years, like a Matt Ryan, I know you may not be that excited about it, but tell me now, you'd be more excited having Matt Ryan as the starting quarterback of this team than anybody else that's on the roster right now. And if you don't think that, you're crazy. He's a former MVP. I would take that. But if you're going into next year with the same thing at quarterback that you've got going on right now, that means then you go to next offseason in the same position that you're in now here before this offseason. You see how it starts to snowball and it starts to get you know, more and more piling on and, and then the time flies by and you look and it's been three years and Washington hasn't won more than seven games. They can't allow themselves to be in that position. You can't. So the biggest thing for them starts now against Denver. A very winnable game. That momentum carries through the bye week. Guys get rested up, get mentally recharged, watch some film, get back out there, deal with what you've got to deal with with Tampa. But a very winnable game at the Panthers. You may, maybe won't have Russell Wilson back against the Seahawks and a lot of divisional games to wrap up the year. It's not impossible. This team's not winning the division. But they have an opportunity to gain momentum and look better as the season goes on. But it starts against Denver on Sunday. And that's the most important thing. All right, we're three games in. I know, it's very short sample size. But are the Wizards better or worse than expected? Chris Miller is going to tell us next. Nick Ashew on the fan. Nick Ashew on the fan. I'm at Nick Ashew on Twitter. We're just three games into the Wizards season. So you got to understand, yes, with the NBA, very small sample size. Three games into an NFL season is a whole lot more in terms of gauging what a team looks like than it is in the NBA. But that doesn't mean that you can't take some stuff away, especially with playoff expectations again for our Washington Wizards. Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington joins me. He's at CMillsNBCS on Twitter. Uh, Before we get to the Wizards, I do just want to bring this up with you. I just saw this listing. John Wall's $4.2 million home in Potomac, I guess, just sold. Holy moly, man. This thing is something else. Yeah, I put a bid in. They they declined my bid, so uh, <laughs> good luck to whoever gets the house. It's a nice house, yeah. by the way. Uh, uh, yes, nice half is. court, basketball court downstairs, you know, barbershop. You know, whatever you need, it's, it's in there. Yeah, it's but, it's uh, probably in your price range more than mine. So no, I don't know. No, if no, you and no. the missus ever want to leave where you are and head to uh, Potomac. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, I'm, you sure know. The ashes would, I'm sure the Ashes would uh, find themselves. In a really nice spot over there. I'll tell you what. If I lived in this house, I'd never leave. That's for sure. This thing's got a movie theater that you know. You know, it's a fancy house listing if they have a picture that's titled "Exterior at Dusk." Like that's yeah, it's exterior yeah. at dusk. It's, this is what it looks like, not at night, but just at dusk. Just so you understand what that's like as well. <laughs> All right. So let's look at these wizards right now. I mean, look again. We're, we're three games in, so you're only going to get so much. You got a team with a lot of new. New guys on the roster, and there's chemistry, and you got to figure out rotations and all that. But two and one, that that loss to the Nets clearly showed them, hey, you're not on that level yet. But uh, you did beat the Pacers. You got the Celtics coming up next. You open up with a great win uh, against the Raptors. Very small sample size, but where are you in terms of what you've seen from this team, good and bad? I think kind of like where I was before the season started. You, you just don't know. You know, there's a, not, a lot of names, uh, household names, people that you know. You know, this isn't like, I don't know that guy. Who did he play for? It's none of that. You knew really all the players that were acquired in that big five-team trade uh, before the season started, Nick. But it's uh, 
kind of just still getting to know you. I thought Toronto, uh, I was pleasantly surprised, and I've said it a couple of times on our pre- and post-game show, that first quarter defense in that game in Toronto was the best I've seen in a long time. Um, that was championship-level defense. So it kind of teased us, right? It gave us expectation. I said that night, okay, that's the standard then. If you're, if you're going to hold the Raptors to 18 points and under 30% shooting and just really locked in defensively, helping the helper, a lot of communication on that end of the floor in a hostile environment that was Toronto, then that's going to be kind of like the baseline. Well, you know, obviously Toronto made a little bit of a run, but the Wizards still won the game. And then it was a, your, your typical garden variety, high shootout game with the Pacers, you know, first to 200 wins. That was game two with no Bradley Beal. So you're like, okay, we'll take it. Um, and then last night, to me, I just thought the defense was not there. But more importantly, I thought there was a lack of ball movement offensively. I thought way too many guys are trying to do it themselves. And what happened on the defensive end was, well, if everyone's jacking up shots, I'm not guarding, right? So they've got to get back to where they were uh, against Toronto uh, tomorrow night in another hostile environment against the Boston team that I'm still not sure about this year. You know, I, they've got Tatum, they've got Jalen Brown, um, Al Horford's back, um, Dennis Schroeder, uh, whatever. I've never really been a fan of his game, but yeah. the Wizards have a chance to kind of get back and, and, and win tomorrow night on the road, but for them to do it, they got to get back to guarding the way they did, I thought, in that first quarter against Toronto. Yeah, how much has Wes Unsell Jr. preached defense? I've heard that there have been practices where that's just all they do. Well, the first practice I, I can remember, it was 80% was defense. It was like, I love it. oh, I this, love is it. <laughs> this is refreshing. <laughs> um, that's kind of not been the issue. He's definitely not only talked it, he's shown film, he's really articulated it really well, uh, not only in practice but in games. So it's, it's, it's not like, okay, we did that in training camp and now we can just worry about the offense. They still haven't even put their entire offensive package out there yet, Nick. I mean, there's even times Wes was telling me, you know, he might be drawing up an offensive set in a timeout because they had not even had a chance to really get to that part of his playbook. Everything has kind of been really, you know, identifying his rotation, defense. We'll get to the offense whenever we can. But, Nick, you and I have said this for years. You have never, ever had to worry about the Wizards on offense, ever, no. ever. What was your rule? It was first to 120 or first to 130 wins? First to 120. And <laughs> I, 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 I buried that one. I said it would never come back. And then doggone it, that Pacer game happened. I'm like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> Yeah, it's look. It, it's it's certainly a different a different team. I think we've seen the flashes of that defense, and we've seen just the different. Like, there's definitely a, a more of a toughness there with a guy like Montrez Harrell. Who, like yes. when they when yes. they made that trade, man, I, I that was my favorite player that they brought over here. Like in terms of all the offseason moves besides Spencer Dinwiddie. But if I'm looking at that trade specifically, I'm looking at, at, at what he's brought to the table. Former Six Man of the Year. I don't know why he fell out of the rotation with the Lakers. But he brings a toughness. He's one of those guys where you're like, I desperately want him on my team because I do not want to go up against him. Like, give me 12 of those guys, right? Yep. They don't have to be Kevin Durant skilled offensively, but with that energy level, you got a chance every night when you got guys like Montrez. And the one thing he did last night after the game, he went to social media and said, this one's on me. 
Think about that, Nick. He's like, this is me. I didn't play with the requisite energy. This loss is on me. That's leadership, man. And uh, you know, I had a chance to really talk and get really in-depth with him you know, last week. And my biggest takeaway from him is what you see is what you get. I mean, forget the drip, as the kids call it, his fit. <laughs> when you just kind of strip him down, like what kind of player is he? He plays hard. I, I knew right away he would be a fan favorite because the one thing I do know about Wizards fans is, man, if you play hard, they're going to ride with you. And this guy is lunch pail, play hard, tons of energy. Um, I, I kind of equate his energy to, like, Westbrook's energy. Like, it, it never shuts off. And you need that because there are going to be nights where, you know, the ball doesn't go in the hoop. But if you can guard and you take charges and you play with energy, you're still going to give yourself a chance to win. I love him. I, I think uh, I'm, I'm with you. I was – when I saw that trade go down and his name was in there, I went, oh, that's a piece that I think Wizards fans are going to really like. Yeah, uh, yeah, no question. And I do love when we hear Chris Miller talk the way the kids talk. That is always something that makes, I think, everybody just a well, little bit Well, you know I got happy. 48 kids, so I have to like, catch up to you know, what's going on in the world. You do. You have you have your own basketball team, so yeah, you got to make sure. Look, I've seen I've seen you on TikTok, man. You're 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 doing a lot more on TikTok than me. I can tell you that. Uh, Bradley Beal and his health. I mean, three of thirteen in that game from three last night. Uh, and again, long season with everything, but is it is this something to be worried about at all? I don't think so. I think them keeping him out in that Indiana game was just you know still another day of rest. Really, like you said, the beginning of the year, you don't want anything lingering. And I, I think he wanted to come out last night and really kind of set a tone. But uh, yeah, off shooting night, we've seen enough of him in nine years prior to know that uh, that that's not going to be something that's going to be recurring. Uh, the one thing I was concerned about last night was that hollow meadow injury. Like it, it didn't look good with his shoulder. Uh, hopefully he's yeah. okay because I, I'm a big fan of his, Nick. I mean, he, he, he's a junkyard dog also, just kind of like Montrez, you know, just the six-foot version. But, I mean, he really gets after it. Um, and they need him in the rotation. You know, I, I really like him and Aaron Holiday. I actually like them playing together in spot. Yeah. You know, those, those two guys with their energy and on the defensive end and scoring the ball. I thought both of them scored it really well in the preseason. Um, you don't want to start losing guys this early in the year due to injury. Yeah, you got to have scrappy guys on your roster. I don't think there's any question about that because you don't want to get pushed around, and they, they clearly have a lot more of that uh, this year. How about those Bulls, man? 4 and 0. I look, I, I, I know, I know it's four games. So I'm going to keep saying wow. this with everything we talk about this early, but damn. You know, I saw I saw a couple of their games this year, and just you know, Lonzo Ball to me has improved so much in his shooting. He's always been really a good playmaker. Uh, but now adding him next to Levine and DeRozan and Vucevic and, you know, Patrick Williams is even put. I mean, they could be a really good team this year because now Levine doesn't have to do it all. Like there was times, Nick, I'd watch him and he would have to score 30 and he'd have to facilitate the offense and he would have to guard the best player and then he would have to probably like take two charges and he'd have to rebound and you're like – Man, this guy needs a break. But I think this year now you have a pure point guard and one of the best scorers from the mid-range in DeRozan. It just opens up Billy Donovan's offense now. Yeah, they're going to be a tough out. Uh, they stay healthy, and they still got guys that are they're, they're trying to get back. You know, Kobe White hasn't played yet. Once he comes back, 
Now I think Kobe White can go to his natural position of a two guard. I mean, Kobe White's six five. I mean, it, it, I know he cut his hair this year, but he is legit six foot five. And I think he's always been a shooting guard. Last year they made him play point. I didn't think he was a point guard. Even at Carolina, I thought, I mean, get him off the ball and let him kind of score it. But I like the Bulls. I'm with you. Just went about 10 minutes before you actually mentioned a Tar Heel. That might be a new record for you. I'm very, very See? impressed. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, I, the, the, East, <laughs> the East is certainly better. And that was, you know, the Bulls and the Hornets were the two teams I said, watch out for them because that's going to make it more difficult to just get in the playoffs for a team like the Wizards because of that. You know, I guess the dad was right, Nick. I guess I guess old the bald dad was right about his boys, huh? Yeah, yes, he was right, dude. He is getting so he's got a lot of love on Twitter right now. People love Lavar right yeah. now. They're like, actually, yeah. you know what? He was kind of right. So he might I, have listen, been right. I mean, Lamelo. Honestly, like it really is kind of amazing to see how how they've you know obviously there's certainly a a pecking order in terms of I think who the most talented Ball brothers are. But I'll tell you what. The last thing I, I just want though, man, and this is the last thing I want to see is more Lavar Ball. TV time. I just we don't need that. We've had enough because he's just going to get out. Of his I, I think I think he said enough. It's, it's kind of like uh, Jay Z said: grand opening, grand closing. He tried <laughs> no, to you know he could. You know, he could, you know he could say more. You know he could say more. He'd go all day. <laughs> if, I, if I was him, if I was him, Nick, I'd be like, "There's nothing else to say. My sons are in the league. One's <laughs> undefeated. The other one's only lost one game. And and, and look." And and the middle child, Jello, he's in the G League playing for the Charlotte, uh, the Greensboro Swarm. So he's got three pros. I mean, you got to tip your hat, man. He he called the shot. He, he was right. I got to tip my hat to you, buddy. Appreciate you coming on, man. Good talking to you. Anytime. Thank you. Uh, make sure you check him out on NBC Sports Washington. Chris Miller. We'll have him on regularly because, well, we can always go from NBA to Wizards to. Well, him trying to talk like an 18-year-old, which always makes me happy, too. So I'm Nick Ashew on overtime. Uh, Why, though, that Bulls team is going to make it that much harder for the Wizards? We'll get back to some Washington football uh, as well. Nick Ashew on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Mark Maskey on Twitter not too long ago. 
Roger Goodell to Dan on Daniel Snyder. Quote, I do think he's been held accountable. Well, when you make $44 million a year to work for the owners and say stuff like that, we know what the price is to sell your soul, isn't it? It's unbelievable. The NFL is going to do everything they can to keep every single other email and part of any investigation around this team and anybody else quiet. And if you, look, if you believe for a second that this thing is actually going to be a real investigation and politicians are going to really get involved and this is going to be, uh, they're really going to make them release all of the information they have. There wasn't a written report for a reason. It's like if you say something to somebody you don't really want to get out to other people and have plausible deniability, you, you, you say it with your words, you say it without having it in writing, right? Don't text somebody something you want showing up later. That, that, that's what this is. You know, it, it's, I understand that this whole thing obviously goes way back before the Ron Rivera era, but just to see everything drummed up again, it's just, you're just piling on more crap to this, this season. And it's just it's exhausting. I, it really is. Like, I'm just so tired of this team being the butt of jokes and being one of the embarrassments of the NFL. And, and it starts with the owner. It always has and it always will. And as long as this team and, and this fan base is held hostage by a horrible owner, there's only so far that they can go. And we can sit here and play the game and pretend that, oh, yeah, he's... He's just focused on building a new stadium. Day-to-day operations for the foreseeable future. He won't be around. Really? His wife is running the team. They live in the same house. I, it's, it's, and it was Roger Goodell saying that, oh, the unprecedented fine. It was $10 million for Dan Snyder. He probably pulled that cash out of his wallet and slapped it down on the commissioner's desk and said, here, now leave me alone. It's just, it's exhausting. I mean, it really is to see this I you know owners have too much power in professional sports they do they, they really do I don't know how you can make that change with especially the way it works in the NFL with the Roger Goodell essentially working for the owners we know that dynamic I, I get it but you know, I, I saw a tweet I think it was yesterday I think it was um Kevin Blackstone wrote about how it's it, it's not a report it was more of just a I guess a thought that the other owners want Dan Snyder around because he makes them look better and it takes the attention off them. Does that sound crazy? It really doesn't. It doesn't sound crazy to me. It sounds very, very valid. You know, it's like somebody hangs out with a bunch of ugly people, right? You want to make yourself look better. Hangs out with people that make less money than them because they're really insecure, or whatever. You put people around you that, that, that don't make you better, but it takes the negative attention off of you and puts it on them. That's ex- exactly what could be going on there. I don't know, but I know this. I've been told by multiple people that he's looked at as like the little brother in owner's meetings. It's like, hey, just go sit in the corner over there. Don't, don't speak. That, that's the guy running this team. And, oh, the NFL in August scolded ownership for the Bengals and Washington and, and the Browns for poor attendance. Okay, great. They're still making money. You're not doing anything. You're not holding anybody accountable for the things they're doing. You're just saying, no, no, no. Be better. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Okay. It's like the only reason we've started to see some change in terms of the different people that have been hired uh, and Dan Snyder trying to stay uninvolved for a while before he was forced to be uninvolved, right, like last year, was because you stopped showing up to games. You stopped giving him your money. That's why I say fans have more power than you realize. You do. 
but you have to stop giving your hard-earned money to an owner that's going to continue to treat you like an ATM until they don't see that money coming in anymore. That's the only way that you can speak to owners in the NFL, in professional sports, but we'll focus on the NFL here. The only way is that the money starts to slow down. That's it. And watching the attendance drop and watching the value of this franchise over the last few years plummet, plummet. Washington was a valuable franchise. One of the most valuable franchises in professional sports in the world, especially American sports. You looked at all those rankings by Forbes. Before the last few years, I mean, they were, you know, a top five franchise in terms of value. They were that valuable because of you, because of fans, because of people that showed up even when the team was terrible and, and bought the overpriced beer and paid for the ridiculously expensive parking and went to that horrible stadium and still showed up. But then finally you got smart and you realized, hey, why am I doing this to myself? It doesn't make you a bad fan. It's what I tried to push for so long. I'm, I'm glad people started to see this. And I'd like to think that I did this all by myself. Clearly, it was all me. What makes you a good fan is caring so much about your franchise that you want to see it get better. And if it means sacrificing going to games or giving the team your money because you know in the end it's going to the owner first. Now, I get there's other dynamics. There are other people that work for the organization. It clearly can be affected by that financially. But... I mean, do you really think the owner cares about the majority of those other people? He doesn't. He cares about himself and his ego and the value of the franchise and the attendance and the, the optics, the optics of people in other colors besides burgundy and gold showing up at FedEx Field. And that message has started to, to trickle out. That message is, has been heard, but it hasn't been heard enough. And, and look, I'd love to tell you I knew what was going to happen with this next stage of the investigations or people trying to get uh, more information out there, I'd like to say I'm optimistic. I I'm just not. I'm very cynical about it. And I would love, love to be wrong. And I would love for some of this to finally be the straw that breaks the camel's back and makes a real change in ownership, a forced change in ownership. Because we've seen it in the NBA, and there was a report out there, and there hasn't been much on it since, with Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns, Kind of similar situations that could force him out. So, I don't know. Maybe Dan Snyder's got something on somebody. I, I really don't know what else it is. But it's, it's an embarrassing situation. And fans have every right of this team to be sick and tired of them constantly being in the news and showing up on Twitter and other, whatever it is on social media or what, for non-football-related news. When your team is on the regular mainstream news, it's usually bad, right? It's never about a great game they played and you see them on CNN, right? It's never about that. It's always about something else. And just to see that quote from Roger Goodell, which he's not going to say anything else. I understand that. That's the only answer you're going to get. But it's infuriating. It's infuriating to see that you actually think that by saying those words out loud, anybody's going to believe you that Dan Snyder has been held accountable. It's laughable. And it's just, this continues to be negative attention on the league. But it's very clear that until other owners aren't affected more by it, there's really only so far that this is going to go. And when you're held hostage as a fan base... 
by a bad owner, it's one of the most trapping things that you could possibly feel. I don't know if trapping's a word, but makes you feel trapped. It really does. We'll see. I'm going to take a break and take a deep breath because just seeing that just made me so incredibly angry. Uh, the Washington football team, though, does have a much bigger issue on the field. They need to settle, and they'll have to settle it soon. I'll explain what that is, plus what Ron Rivera had to say, if you haven't caught that uh, earlier today as well. Nick Ashew on Overtime. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 